0: Hi, and welcome to the Bookaholics podcast, a safe space for critical thinking and free interpretation of literature. Good evening, Bookaholics. How are your bookish lives going? If you have been keeping up with our Instagram's book club, you should have noticed that these last two weeks we have dived into racial intersectionality through James Baldwin's Another Country and Bernadine Everesto's Girl woman, other. Whether you have or not followed our reading schedule, make sure to give this episode a go and hopefully enrich your literary perspectives. In this second episode of the Bookaholics podcast, we will be embracing queerness as an intersection between gender, race and sexuality. Our team has found it extremely important that these books were written from the point of view of both a black lesbian woman and a black gay man in contraposition to the universalization of the experiences of the white sector. And, of course, we will be resorting to a few psychoanalytical tools to get the deeper critical analysis that we all are here for. Now, let's get into it. Country and Girl Woman Other are both novels that explore the personalities of different characters. At first glance, it is clear that Evaristo will deal with dramatist personae that are marginalised in at least one way by the title of the book. As the reader progresses through the novel, it becomes clear that the majority of the characters are women, non-white, and frequently queer. The reading seems easy, due to its structured chapters each one devoted to an individual character, apparently. However, as one keeps reading, they realise it is rather complex. Evaristo links all of the chapters to the point that they lead to the first one, Ama. This offers us a better insight into all of the characters, yes, but at the same time it creates a network that is hard to detangle at the end. On the other hand, another country leaves the reader in awe as the action develops. It looks like Rufus is the only character deviating from the social norm, yet, surprise, he's not. This novel offers multiple perspectives, being black, homosexual, questionably bisexual, having interracial relationships, and sometimes, several blended together. These novels, indeed, seem to be strictly linked to one another through the representation of socially non-normative identities. Nevertheless, the scenarios and socio-political contexts show differences, which is, of course, something to consider in the first section of this episode. So, in the first section, we will be exploring the importance that lies in the difference in the historical context for the acceptance of non-normative identities. Palwin sets his novel in the early 1950s, roughly. At the time, the only socially acceptable sexuality was strictly reproductive and racially homogeneous. Any behaviour that was opposed to this norm was considered perverse. In fact, homosexuality was listed as a mental disorder at the time, something we should bear in mind since Palwin was the first African-American to openly write about his homosexuality. As we read the novel, we imagine ourselves in New York, the core of the American dream. New opportunities, success, happiness... Hmm, maybe if you're a male white wealthy man, such as Richard. And then you write books that are not that good, but you still make it. Baldwin is well aware of this, having spent a long time trying to get his works published. Being a homosexual black man in America is not idyllic. The readership experiences a breach of the gay straight duality through several characters in the novel who enjoy both consensual same sex and opposite sex relationships. Nonetheless, another country also serves to explore a broader scope within the sense of queer and non conforming identities through the introduction of bisexuality. Not as such, but to create visibility towards the fact that one's immediate partner does not necessarily condemn you to being strictly homosexual or heterosexual. Almost 60 years later, Evaristo publishes Girl, Woman, Other, and sets a noble in London, another focal point for immigrants in search of freedom and opportunities. From the variety of personalities, you can soon tell that the world portrayed is a fairly more open-minded world today's world. So, you know first hand how it works. Not sticking to the norm still brings stigma but slowly new gender and sexuality identities are being made apparent and related movements are calling for more awareness and political action. However, many of you probably never came across the words gender free or quiver gender, right? Well, go woman other tries to give voice to the unheard identities. Showing that full acceptance is yet to be accomplished, but most importantly, it proves that sex and gender are socio-political constructs. In the second section, we will be looking at how the marginalised sectors often internalise the oppression and, as a consequence, reverse their role to be the oppressors themselves. There is a side to Evaristo's novel that comes across as thought-provoking but realistic. This is that even the marginalised ones are to oppress the rest of the group. In Evaristo's novel, we find a lot of contradictions that portray this internalised oppression. There are women that are not feminists, and no, a feminist woman is not a man-hater. Lesbians that compete against other women, breaking the essence of being a feminist non-binaries that disrespect those in their situation that fail to completely understand the spectrum. For instance, we read I'm going to hit the next person who confuses transsexual with transgender. I created a poll in our Instagram account and 43 of the voters didn't know. Homophobia and threatened masculinity reside throughout the whole novel, for instance, in the form of bathroom writings like I want a hot stiff prick up my ass, I suck cocks. The reader then gets a bigger picture of homonegativity through the experiences of Eric, who already as a child likes dressing in his mother's old clothes and posturing in front of the mirror. We see the female side of this social pressure through Aima in Girl, Woman, Other. Listen to how she talks about being in the closet while living with her parents. He doesn't know I'm a dyke, are you kidding? Mum told me not to tell him. It was hard enough telling her. She said she suspected when pencil skirts and curly perms were all the rage and I started wearing men's Levi's. She's sure it's a face, which I'll throw back at her when I'm 40. In the next section, I will analyse why this actually happens. So as I have just said, in this section I will try to find a suitable explanation for the behaviour of the oppressed. First, why do we act by the rules of society or not? I will look at it this way. Our awareness of who we are is greatly influenced by the way we were instructed as children. We were taught the norms of what was right or wrong, and as we started to grow up, our consciousness modulated our deeper needs correspondingly with these roles. If we grew up in a really strict environment where our needs were oppressed, our conscious would most likely think that the best option was to hide our instinctive conduct, especially in the 1950s. The fact that Emma could wear those Levi's with her dad suspecting of her being a lesbian reflects that society in the 21st century is more open-minded in terms of gendered behavior. We have seen that those who internalize oppression often develop negative attitudes and extreme states of mind. I mentioned earlier the example in which Bibi threatens to hit whoever doesn't understand the difference between being transgender and being transsexual. In another country the constant social pressure will also generate anxiety in Rufus which he will turn into hatred for himself. This self-hatred will result in violence, very often in the form of misogyny, especially when he abuses his lover, Leona. Therefore, a loving and understanding circle is always important for an individual to develop their identity and avoid negative mental health issues. The fact that Rufus found himself alone and resorted to suicide as an ultimate option since he could not face reality anymore makes total sense. I shall compare this to Morgan's example. Her inner self-oppression resulted in an addiction to the use of illegal substances that allowed her to escape from her reality. This episode's purpose was to complete my teammates' commentary on the novels. You probably now understand why it is important to connect race, gender and sexuality in queer theory. Of course, there is a lot more to discuss. Should you like us to touch on any specific term, topic or extract that we haven't, please contact us in our DMs. Thanks for your attention and don't forget to follow us on our Instagram account and our blog. See you into Sunday's time